Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Isn't it true that hope can do so much for people? And it's so exciting. And uh, we could all agree that 2020 has been nothing short of a roller coaster ride of ups and downs and twists and turns. And so today, as we get into the Christmas season and the Christmas spirit, uh, we're going to take a phrase from an age old Christmas carol that we actually just got done singing called, Oh Holy Night. There's a phrase in there in the first verse that we're gonna um, focus on throughout the month of December at Prairie Heights. And when I told our production team that I wanted to sing the first verse for all of you, they said, absolutely not. We've heard you sing happy birthday and you are not singing to everybody. And so instead, you get the honor of hearing Heather Duran sing the first verse again. She just got done so beautifully leading us in that song. And so she's going to sing the first verse again. And what I want you to do is I want you to pay close attention to the words and the lyrics and see if you can catch, if you didn't already, catch the one phrase that we're going to center around this Christmas at Prairie Heights. So go ahead, Heather, take it over. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the in the chat. Uh, It's amazing when uh, both Heather and Mark share their musical gifts that God has given them with all of us. And so did you hear it? Did you catch it? Did you catch the phrase? The thrill of hope, a a weary world rejoices. If there isn't a better phrase to describe uh, what we need right now than the thrill of hope, 
And if there isn't a word that better describes how the world is feeling, how you and I are feeling, how uh, we feel most days as we've trudged our way through 2020, is the word weary. And so why are we going to focus on the thrill of hope? We're going to focus on the thrill of hope because let's face it, we all need it. You need it. I need it. And the others around us need it. And so that's what we're going to focus on throughout December and today's message as we kick off today. Uh, what I want to know is by a show of hands, and so if you're at home alone, throw your hand up. If you're with other people, do that. If you are logged into the chat, throw your hand up. If you decorated for Christmas earlier than you typically do this year, that you decorated for Christmas earlier than you typically do this year, if you did, you are not alone. There were many Americans who did the exact same thing. And so we're going to talk about the top three benefits for decorating for Christmas early. All right, number three, number three comes from psychoanalyst Steve McGowan, who explains this idea of savoring. And he says, in a world full of stress and anxiety, people like to associate to things that make them happy. And so Christmas decorations are simply a pathway to old childhood magical emotions of excitement. And so the number three is putting up those Christmas decorations early extends the excitement. Number two, the, the second benefit for putting them up early comes from the Journal of Environmental Psychology. It says decorating your home for the holidays tells your neighbors that you're accessible and that people perceive those who put up holiday decorations to be friendlier. Isn't that neat? <laughs> and number one comes from psychotherapist Amy Morin. She says the holidays trigger nostalgia. And nostalgia helps link people to their personal past, and it helps people understand their identity. And so for many, putting up Christmas decorations early is a way for them to reconnect with their childhoods. So mental health experts have uh, told us that the benefits are emotional health and mental health of putting up those Christmas decorations early. So if you did that, way to go. If you haven't put them up yet, be sure to do that because they bring out childhood nostalgia. It improves our mood. And guess what? Your neighbors are going to think you're more accessible and that you're friendly. And so go ahead this year, and why don't you just go ahead and Clark Griswold your home. Go crazy so that you can share uh, hope with other people. Because the thrill of hope is so important. It's so critical this year. We all need it. And so today we're going to talk about how can we experience the thrill of hope this Christmas season. And uh, I've got three specific ways that God wants to, that God wants you to experience the thrill of hope. So the first one is, anticipate God will show you his presence in unexpected ways. Anticipate that God's going to show you his presence in unexpected ways. I think it's true that you and I, we've been just simply grasping for hope in any place we can find it. You know, have you found yourself just looking for circumstantial evidence of hope in your life. 
See, that thought came to me as I was watching a series on Amazon Prime. It's called Suits, and it's all about lawyers and this idea of circumstantial evidence that we, you know, it depends. It depends on who we are. It's circumstantial. And so I think that's what we've been doing and we can be caught doing is finding circumstantial evidence of hope. And that might mean, I hope that someone says something nice to me today. I hope that my kids don't fight all day at home when they're supposed to be in their separate workspaces doing their homework. I hope that that business transaction goes through and we've just been going through our days looking for this type of circumstantial hope and this hope that we find in this world and in our culture, right? It's... um, When we think about that kind of hope, it's like that hope is so different. It's almost like in our culture, we treat that kind of hope almost like flippantly or just really lightly. Like, I hope a new season of Stranger Things comes out soon. Like, true statement, but do you and I, do we want to like put our life on the hope of whether or not Uh, what's his name, Hopper, (laughs) made it? Like, do we want to put all our hope in whether or not Hopper made it? I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a Stranger Things fan or not. I am not. (laughs) But I know many of you are wondering and waiting. But is that what you want to put your hope in? Is that what you want to put your hope in? I don't know. Or do we want to find our hope, our true hope, our centeredness, in Jesus, and in the promises that God has for us. Uh, And maybe as you've been struggling or have had struggles this year, maybe it's been revealed to you that, that you've been searching for hope. And maybe, just maybe, that right now, yep, in the midst of closing out the craziest year, 2020, maybe right now is the best time, the best time to lean in to the kind of hope that we can find in a relationship with Jesus. It's a different kind of hope. It's a hope that can only come from God. It's not a hope that we can uh, find on our own. It's not a short-term hope. It's a long-term hope that we can find. And when we invite God into our life and into that hope, we can have direct evidence of hope. It's not circumstantial evidence anymore. It's direct evidence of hope. And it's so amazing when we do have that and we've got it in our heart that no matter what happens around us, no matter what our culture is doing or what, no matter when the world is weary, that we can live with such a hope and we can hold on to that anticipation. My husband Kyle and I, we have three family core values, like our whole family does, but uh, my husband and I came up with those. And one of them is to live with holy anticipation. What does that mean? Uh, to us, that just simply means that every day, every day, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what's going on, no matter the stresses of our life, that every day we would just have this um, this feeling and we would trust God that we would live with this holy anticipation that when we go to our mailbox, something's gonna come in the mail that we didn't expect. That if we engage with people or 
we are at the grocery store, wherever we might be, that we might run into people and have conversations and that would lead to something that we uh, anticipated but didn't expect, that we would live with such an anticipation that God would show up and do something on a daily basis in our life and we do our best um, to live that. And what I've found throughout the years is that when we have that attitude, And when we have that posture of just living with holy anticipation that God's going to do something today, like not tomorrow or next year, but like today he's going to do something. What that does is it's just this assurance that God is going to show up. And so we read in Hebrews 11.1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, that's what faith is. Faith is having an assurance and a hope for things that we don't see. And the kind of assurance that comes with living with holy anticipation is the kind of assurance that God doesn't use our culture to bring more people to him. He uses people in our culture to bring people to him. And maybe you and I in this season and throughout this thrill of hope, maybe we're meant to be those people that live with holy anticipation every day and that we would be open for what God would want to do. And so I just want to encourage us as we journey through the next 25 days of 2020, that's all we got left, 25 days. And as we journey through those 25 days together, let's not like put our head down and have our head in the sand and just tunnel vision and trudge through and white knuckle and survive the next 25 days until 11.59.59 on December 31st before we ring in the new year. Like, let's not do that. We, we you know, tons of grace. We would all, um, it would be okay if we did that. We'd have every reason and every right to do that. But, but what if, what if instead Pray hiders, what if instead we lifted our head and had our eyes wide open for how God would want to use us? That we would just be open to experience the anticipation for what God would want to do and that we would anticipate that God is going to show his presence in unexpected ways in our life. And he's not going to do it next year in 2021. He's going to do it today. And he's going to do it throughout the next 25 years. Days And so let's go on that journey together and let's anticipate that God will show us his presence and that's how we can experience the thrill of hope. And the second way is that we can trust God to keep his promises in unexpected ways. In the very beginning of the Bible, the first book of Genesis, um, God gives us a promise and God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and the entire world would be blessed by him. And we read many stories about Abraham and many ups and downs and twists and turns in his life. And what we learn is that his life was marked by mistakes and sin and failures. But here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham never doubted. Abraham never doubted that God would fulfill the promise that he had for him. And through his journey, what actually happened is each obstacle Abraham faced, his faith actually became stronger. It became stronger. And Abraham, he consistently looked to God. 
He consistently obeyed God. That's the thing that inspires me most about Abraham, the way he just lived in holy obedience to God. And then he waited. He waited for God. And we've all been in seasons of waiting. Right now is a season of waiting. And so what are you waiting for? What are the things, like think about them right now. What are the specific things that you're waiting for? Are you in the waiting of inviting a, uh, a baby boy or a baby girl or a child into your home in some ways? Are you waiting to be able to spend the holidays again with your parents or grandparents or your family? I know I am. Are you in the waiting for something that God would want to do in your life and in your career? Are you in the waiting that you just can't wait for the day that you can go out and be in a crowd and you're not even thinking twice about it? You know, like right now, let's be honest, we're in a season of waiting and we're waiting for a lot of things. And so for you, when you're in this season of waiting, what are you grabbing a hold of? What are you grabbing a hold of? Because it's so true that like one day right now feels like six months. It can. And depending on what you're waiting for, it's super normal to hate the waiting, to not be patient. I don't have a lot of patience, and so I do not like waiting on a human level. Um, it's okay to struggle in the waiting, but hey, let's, let's just decide that we're not gonna lose sight of the hope. We're not gonna lose sight of the hope in the waiting. We read in Romans 4.18, it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many. And so that's just evidence and proof of a promise fulfilled that we can trust God to keep his promises, that he will fulfill it. And it might not be on our time. It might not be when we want it to happen, but when we patiently wait that we can trust God to keep his promises and to do that in unexpected ways. There's another couple that we're gonna learn from. Their names are Zachariah and Elizabeth and God used them significantly and um, their story is in Luke chapter one and it starts in verse five and it goes all the way through verse 80 and I just wanna encourage you this week, take some time and read the whole thing and for some of you, you might not regularly read your Bible. I wanna encourage you, this is a season to dig into God's word and to find hope and to find the ways that he did fulfill promises for people and it's a great story. Story. I'm going to give you the cliff notes today, and so here's the short version. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they'd been in the waiting. They had prayed for years to have a child, yet they were unable to conceive. And God showed up in an unexpected way. One day, Zechariah was in the temple, and an angel appeared. And an angel appeared and shared with Zechariah that he was about to have a son, and that Zechariah... Zachariah and Elizabeth were about to have a son and that they were to name him John and that their son would be used for God and um, would do great things in the sight of God. And so think about this for a second. It's crazy enough that Elizabeth is gonna bear a son and the reason that is is because we're told that Zachariah and Elizabeth are um, well beyond, the, beyond years. And so they suggest they're like 60 or older. And so Elizabeth is about to get pregnant in her 60s. So that's like super unexpected. 
Like, what? And then Zechariah is also, he's startled by an angel, an angel. And so that's also very unexpected. So we read in Luke 1, 18, Zechariah responds to the angel by saying, and I think most of us, if we were in Zechariah's shoes, we'd probably say the same thing. Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And so that just causes me to think like, what have you doubted lately? As you've been in the shower or you've been in your car or you've been going to bed or getting up or those moments where you've been alone and it's just been you and God or you and your thoughts, what are the things that are going on in your mind, the doubts that you have where you've said like, God, I don't know about this. God, I'm not sure about this. God, this doesn't make sense. Like, what are those things for you? where you've said like, God, I'm not sure. I think it's right there in those moments of doubt that you and I go back to the circumstantial evidence of hope and we go back to trying to grasp for some kind of hope so we can control the hope in our life. And instead, what would it look like, even into this next week, what would it look like if you and I decided to, instead of grasping for circumstantial hope, we just said, hey God, I'm gonna trust you I'm gonna trust you to keep your promises. God, I know that you do fulfill your promises and so I'm gonna trust you to keep your promises to me. I'm gonna trust you to be there with me and to be there for me. God, I may not understand, but I'm still gonna trust. Do you think you'd have like this hope that can't be changed? This hope that all of a sudden can't be wavered by how your day goes or doesn't go. Jumping back in the story, you know, what happens next after the angel appears to Zechariah? Well, Zechariah doubted the angel, and so uh, the angel then said he was to be silenced, and so Zechariah was then unable to speak. He could not speak. And we find out in just a moment that Elizabeth and the Virgin Mary are related. And so during this same time, the, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel also appears to the Virgin Mary and shares this in Luke 1.36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then in Luke 1.37, it says, For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. Where do you need that in your life today? For no word from God will ever fail. When I hear that, it grounds me so much. It helps me stay steady. It helps me stay consistent because I can trust that God's gonna keep his promises. And yeah, it might be in some unexpected ways. But gosh, doesn't that ground you too? For no word, for no word from God will ever fail. His promises remain even in 2020, even in the midst of a global pandemic, even in the midst of racial injustice, even in the midst of a job loss, even in the midst of a broken marriage or a broken family. God is not done. God, none of his word will fail. And so you and I can hold tight to the truth of that. 
and Elizabeth and Zechariah, then they have their baby and they bring the baby out to share with their neighbors and the neighbors begin to tell them that they need to name the baby Zechariah after, after his father. And um, Zechariah at this point now has the faith. He doesn't doubt God anymore and still unable to speak, he grabs a tablet and he writes on the tablet, his name is John. And we read in Luke 1, 64 and 65, immediately, Zechariah's mouth was open, his tongue set free, and he began to speak. And Zechariah was not able to speak for months. For months he wasn't able to speak. Can you imagine not being able to speak? I can't. Can you imagine not being able to speak for days upon days, months over month? And what does Zechariah do the moment he's able to speak? What does he do? We read right here, he starts praising God. The first thing he does when he's able to speak is he praises God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. So this baby, John, he was later to be known as John the Baptist. And and God called him to go before the baby Jesus. And before Jesus started his ministry to set the path and prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. And the ultimate promise that God had to fulfill was sending his son Jesus to earth as fully human and fully God to save you and I from our sin. Christmas is a celebration of a baby who came as our savior, who came to save you and I and who came to fulfill a promise that was made to Abraham in the very beginning, that Abraham would bless and he would be blessed and the entire world would be blessed by him. If you follow the family tree and the lineage of Jesus, you guessed it, it it leads all the way back to Abraham. And so God used Abraham, God used Zechariah, God used Elizabeth to fulfill his promises. And all along the way, he did it in ways that were so unexpected. He did it in the ways that the world didn't understand. He did it in ways that people didn't understand. He did it in ways that Abraham, Zachariah, and Elizabeth didn't understand. And so is it possible that today, right now, in this very moment, and in the next 25 days as we close out one of the craziest years, is it possible that God would want to do the unexpected in and through your life? And all it's gonna take is for you to say, hey, I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust that you are gonna keep your promises. And it might happen in unexpected ways, but hey, I'm available and I'm ready. And so what would it look like, prairie hiders, if we decided to believe that God was gonna show up in the unexpected, in unexpected ways, he was gonna give us unexpected joy. He was gonna call us to unexpected action that when the results came from all of that, that you and I would know that it couldn't even have been us if we tried. That at the end of the day, the results of whatever happens through our faith and our obedience, specifically in these 25 days, whatever God decides to do with that, 
that at the end of it all, you and I would know, hey, that wasn't me and that wasn't you. That was God. Because he loves us, he wants us to trust him, and we can anticipate that he's gonna show up and do things in unexpected ways. And so the last way that you and I can experience the thrill of hope is number three, love God by giving to others in unexpected ways. Uh, The other day I came to my office and I found a note on my desk and so I'm gonna read that for all of you today. It says, Beth, greetings. We continue to be financially blessed well beyond what we need. Money has always been a tough subject for me likely because I saw my dad, a farmer, work his rear end off and still have challenges financially. He never had problems giving to his church or helping other farmers, though. I wish I had more of his generous spirit. It's been a tough journey for me to open my hand versus a closed hand, as it is in the Bible. But hopefully I am getting rid of mammon, and that just simply means getting rid of the love of money. And again, we want to be completely anonymous, no strings attached. Please use this money to bless a family or families in need. So this note came along with a check, and not only was it unexpected for me, I can only imagine that after writing the note and after writing the check that something unexpected is happening in this family's life. And you can hear through the letter what God is doing in this family's life. Isn't it incredible? And I think uh, sometimes where we, where we lose sight of it a little bit or we miss it just a little bit, and I'm guilty of this too, is that God would tap us or somebody would say something and we would think something and we would have a thought. And that thought that we have is those good intentions, but it never lands in a written note and the actual written check. It doesn't land in the action of what God had tapped us for. And so many of us just never take that step. And so we are going to make it so easy and so simple for you to give and for you to be a part of what God is doing um, and to put our faith into action, our hope into action this Christmas. And so one way together as a church family that we are going to experience the thrill of hope is through generous giving throughout the month of December. You already heard from Alex And you got a chance to already see our first surprise of those two families who are in adoption. And man, doesn't that just make your heart explode? Like, you're a part of that. We're a part of that. We're a part of what God's doing. And and guys, it's not about the money. I want to make sure we know this. Like, it's not about the money. It's about coming together as a church family in a season and a time where man, we're just weary, right? (laughs) Like this world's weary and people are weary and and we're losing sight of hope. And so this is something we can do together. As we close out 2020 in the next 25 days, this is something that we can do together. We can put our faith into action and we can decide that, you know what, it's not about us. It's about God using us to make an impact, to make a difference. And you know what? Um, If $10 is too much, don't worry about the amount. Again, it's not about the amount. Give $1. Because what $1 can do, uh, my $1 can do, is much less than what $2,500 can do. And and if you take the $2,500 that would come maybe from 
$1 at a time, $2,500 $1 bills, if you take that and you stack it up, I just believe, and this is just core, like I just believe it. We talk about it all the time around here that what we can do is like right here, but what God can do with what we offer is like right here. And so we're gonna step into this next 25 days with a spirit of obedience and a spirit of hands wide open and a spirit of God just use us and use us together. Don't use us individually, use us together. Because what we find out in that is it's actually better to give than it is to receive. And so in this next week, in this next month, let's commit to give away our faith. Let's give away our hope. Let's give away our resources. And you know what? I bet when we do that, I bet the hope that you and I are looking for, that we so desperately need, I bet we'll find it. I bet we'll find it. Because that's who God is. And what we're going to celebrate is that we're going to celebrate and we're going to be centered around a faith that comes from a promise fulfilled of a king and a savior who was born as a baby, who came to save the whole world, to save you and I, so that we could have life with him forever. What a gift and what a thrill of hope. So let me say a prayer for all of us today. God, you are so faithful. God, you are so real. God, we love you and we trust you and we are just gonna continue to be led by you, God, and we're gonna follow you. And so God, whatever unexpected you have for us, we're gonna be open. And so God, meet every person exactly where they're at, God. I pray you protect us and you also, um, God, give us the courage that we need to step into the faith and the obedience that you want for us. I pray all this in your name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.